Sarah. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup. And we have some special guests with us here today. All right. So we have um, my brother and his new wife here with us today. We'll let them introduce themselves, but they have been listening to our podcast for a while and they wanted to watch a movie with us for the Thanksgiving season. So um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Seth, first time caller, long time listener. (laughs) And I'm Caroline, the new wife. And we're a married couple. (laughs) A newlywed couple. They are a married couple as well. So um, I would say Caroline and Seth, what are your um, histories with this type of Hallmark movie? Um, I don't think we would have gotten into it without you guys doing it. but we have greatly enjoyed all the snark and the fun that comes along with it. Oh yeah, I've been watching Hallmark movies for a, a long time, so I enjoy me a good Hallmark movie, even though they're all the same. <laughs> well, that's what's so great about them. Yes, um, it is it's predictability, and then when they change things, you can then still find something to snark about with that it's wonderful mm-hmm. so based on your knowledge caroline it sounds like maybe more knowledge and seth a little less so because i know neither of us really grew up watching these types of movies um we have all made some predictions ahead of the show that we watched we have already watched the movie um but we wrote down our predictions ahead of time so we could share them in this podcast so does anyone want to start us off austin do you want to give us your first prediction yeah so i think that there will be a small town christmas festival because obviously that's going to (laughs) happen we will have both main characters be divorced and my third one is that someone in their tv crew is also going to find a little bit of a holiday romance okay and then my predictions were that we would see a snowman being built Um, that a touching gift would be shared and that the show is going to be in trouble in some way and that their collaboration and being on the same page is key to saving the show and moving forward. All right, I'll go next. So my first one was that I thought that there was uh, one of them grew up in a small town and the town that they're sent to reminds them of home. My next one is that the main male character is not very into Christmas and that he doesn't really want to go to this town, but he wants to be the best TV show host. So he goes and acts like he's having a great time. All right, Seth, what about yours? All right, I got two. Um, the blurb or the the summary mentioned that they were, the main characters were quarreling a little. Um, so I said, uh, maybe they're quarreling over a promotion of some type and whoever does the best on this little trip gets the promotion. So that's my first one. And then the second one, um, I predicted that one of them has some kind of traumatic breakup or a deceased spouse in their past and has to be taught how to love again. Oh, touching. <laughs> touching. It sounds like you have in fact seen some of these movies before. <laughs> so we have yeah. a host of of um tropes there that I think we were hoping to see in this movie. And we will, after our summary, go through and tell you if we were correct on those. But um I think we'll start with 
giving that summary. So what was this movie about? And is that me this time, Austin? It sure is, Tara. Oh, okay. So in this movie, we have two television shows. Um, the movie is, by the way, it's Good Morning Christmas. <laughs> We didn't mention what the name of the movie was. Um, and it is starring Allison Sweeney and Mark Blucas as Melissa, Mary, and Brian Bright. And they are quarreling television hosts of a morning show that has a contest every year to pick a town to deck out the town and then do a live show from that town. But this year, they're actually going to do an entire week's worth of shows from the town because it is Brian's last week on the show. He's moving on to other things. He's had an NFL career he's been on the bachelor or a, a pseudo bachelor show and now he's the host of this show and he's ready to um, exit because he just doesn't get along with melissa so they head off to mistletoe in order to host their show and while they are in mistletoe they are greeted warmly by everybody in the town they're staying in this beautiful inn and they are participating in all of the many small town traditions that go along with their christmas festivals a three-legged wreath race they are participating in a gingerbread house building contest they are um, doing a tree lighting ceremony all of the standard sort of holiday things and while they are doing this they are getting to know each other better through actually staying together and talking about their Christmas histories. At the same time, Brian has a girlfriend that he um, got after his time on his bachelor show and she shows up in town and they're trying to figure out if they want to do a television show together after their time um, on Bright and Mary ends. And Melissa is um, potentially having a little bit of a, a pseudo romance with the deputy mayor, um, but they are also getting to know each other better and realizing that maybe there might be a little bit of something there underneath all of that quarreling. So as the show continues and as they continue talking to each other, they realize that what they really want is for their show to not end and that they want for them to be together. So um, as we reach the Christmas Eve finale where they're doing the live show in the evening, um, Brian decides that he wants to tell Melissa that he has feelings for her. So he fixes up the old carriage in the barn and he swoops in to swoop her off her feet and share um, a gift with her that comes from the heart and that is not a gift card because that's what he's famous for giving people but as they head out for this magical moment the television crew of their show picks up on this and they start recording them secretly in the bushes to watch the magical moment where they both exchange their final gifts to each other which are their angel tree wishes for their show to not end they share a wonderful kiss and they decide that they will continue their show and begin their romance together and that is good morning christmas <laughs> well done well Yay! done that was a great summary tara is so much better at summaries than i am i did not write that one down so <laughs> that was great from memory <laughs> right we'll see. we'll see um yeah so let's talk about our predictions were we right so do we want to maybe start in the order in which we shared our predictions and kind of hit on those and um, yeah. So with that, uh, I'm going to give myself one point because there was definitely small town Christmas festivals going on because I've never seen so many small town festival activities packed into a Hallmark Christmas movie. They did everything in this movie. Uh, you get uh, one point. I don't get, uh, no, I do get one point. I get a small, a heartfelt gift will be shared. Uh, no, that was right. yours. Was that no, yours or was that yours? 
Okay. Yeah. A heartfelt gift will be shared. They definitely did share that. Um, and I guess, do I get a point for their show is in trouble in some way and their collaboration is the key to saving it? Um, they were the number one show already and he was leaving. So I guess them falling in love and agreeing to come back and do the show together. Even better than number one. All right. So I got two points, (laughs) but they did not build a snowman. And I also think I get another point for someone in their TV crew will find a little bit of holiday romance because Tyler, a very small side character, ends up working as a wannabe producer on the show and he ends up falling in, in like with a small town gal who's already there that has one of the worst storylines ever, but we'll get to that. <laughs> what about Seth and Caroline? I think I get one point because the main character, Mr. Bright, he was not very into Christmas. I mean, he only gave people gift cards as Christmas gifts. So. Right. And he didn't know the words to Jingle Bells. Right. right. How do you not know the words to Jingle Bells? I'm going to give myself a half a point for the uh, traumatic breakup because um, the male character was on a dating show and apparently was humiliated on national television. It's so true. So I, I, I will count that as a traumatic breakup. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually think you get a full point for that. I'll take it. Because, <laughs> you know, how those shows work is you are technically dating the whole time until you are either sent home or rejected or fall in love forever. All right. So... Let's share our sort of initial thoughts on this movie with our sparks. So we're going to start with maybe some of the, maybe if your initial thoughts weren't so good, you can uh, save the worst of it for the snarks, (laughs) but what sparks did everybody have from this movie? What made you go, oh, or yay. I really enjoyed the hotel they stayed at. Did y'all see those decorations? Oh, yes. <laughs> that was so good. Did Balsam Hill sponsor this one too? Balsam Hill ornaments, Christmas trees everywhere. I loved it. <laughs> they definitely had more of a classy scheme with the decorations mm-hmm. here. They were just the simple white lights. And I did really like this. I thought those were pleasant. Also, I want to know what small town like hotel or inn has a massive fireplace in your room. I'd like to stay there and are the rates Um, affordable right I I liked the first half or three quarters of this movie I thought it was cute I mean it's definitely a lot of your standard hallmark fair with the small town festival and all the different daily events we've seen that over and over and over again but um I like I do I am a sucker for the hate to love romance and so because they've been talk show hosts for so long together and because they do have like clearly a chemistry because they work together it feels a little more believable that maybe um that that is maybe more the real them than how they are off camera a little bit. And so that they were then able to find love within that. Right. And I would say for me, I also felt like um, we haven't really seen the I'm actively dating someone else. That's not the lead. I'm going to fall in love with storyline this season. And I forgot how much I actually like that tension point to the leads falling in love with each other. So for me, it was nice to see an old trope that hasn't been touched on come back in. I also really enjoyed, as Tara and I have shared before, we love watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette. 
uh, ironically, it's like a hate love relationship type thing. And so I was really delighted to know that Mr. Bright was on The Bachelor. And even they even say like in the most dramatic episode this season, I mean, it was just it made me feel at home. Yeah. So I really it enjoyed called that. The Bachelor, but it was alluded to that it was definitely a, a fake Bachelor show. So yes, I also loved that. Seth, what were your sparks? <laughs> that it ended Think of just one. Uh, can I pass? <laughs> you had no sparks. It's all snarks for you. Well, we look forward to hearing from you in the snark section then. <laughs> Caroline, did you have any other sparks? Any other? Thing? I think I have to agree with y'all. I liked the beginning of the movie. I thought it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the very end of the movie was cute too. And mm-hmm. how it ended. And then are but you going to say the middle? So then it's the whole movie? The, the <laughs> middle parts I could have done without. <laughs> Yeah. And I did like that they were actually successful talk show hosts or or morning show hosts. Like they're clearly a national level number one show. And so they, they had those sort of broadcastery personas and they were somewhat believable, somewhat believable (laughs) in those roles. Um, But, you know, they weren't just a local little TV show. This was like a big deal thing. And, um, you know, I I liked that they, they took it big. They took it all the way. So so true. I'm going to, I'm going to share one more spark that I think can lead us into the snarks because it's kind of a snark within the movie. Um, So the producer lady cannot remember Tyler's name and calls him Taylor and other things. And I, what I love is that's how I feel about these Hallmark movies in general is what is their name? Um, And then this movie in particular, because we had so many sub characters to kind of keep up with and they weren't memorable names I miss things like her name's Noel or his name is Nick or Chris I need it to be consistent so that I could know who they are so I really enjoyed the fact that even within this movie they couldn't remember each other's names (laughs) (laughs) well and I do like that they went with the uh uh, Brian Bright and Melissa Mary so that I could remember who was Mary and who was Bright because they had the the same letter on their first and last name. <laughs> yes, alliterative. And the producer also wore sensible shoes. She wasn't she running around in heels, which I also can appreciate. So, so let's move over to the snark section because I want to hear from Seth. Seth. <laughs> If so, you who does not like, watch Hallmark movies, your favorite snarkable moment of this movie, what would it be? If I have to pick a single moment? Just, I mean, we'll talk about many, but what's your like, if you had to say, this is my top snark of this movie? So there is a scene probably around the, the uh, 30 minute mark, maybe, where they're making gingerbread houses. And he makes the creepiest, like growling sound. <laughs> <laughs> while he's making it and it's like almost like he's horny for gingerbread like i don't know what in the world why some human would make this noise while making gingerbread but it just creeped me out well now i feel like i've got to go back and watch that because i did not see it caroline did you see that yeah it's so true he makes this just like animal like sound <laughs> while he's making a gingerbread house with his co-host and it's like Okay, somebody really enjoys making gingerbread houses. Like, <laughs> well, you know who I think boat. who I think really loves gingerbread is just a hallmark in general because one of the things we've been tracking this season, Gingerbread Watch 2020, um, <laughs> they have had gingerbread houses in every movie. And in, it was in um 
the never never kiss a man, kiss a man in a Christmas, Christmas sweater. sweater yeah they said oh we got this this shipment of all the overstocked gingerbread houses so like what do we do with them let's just make a ton of gingerbread houses that's what happened to hallmark <laughs> they got like so many gingerbread houses and so everybody makes them in every movie so it was a delight to see yet it's another gingerbread house <laughs> big gingerbread conspiracy they're in bed with big gingerbread <laughs> that's probably why he growled in a provocative way was to reinforce yeah. this like love relationship that hallmark has with big gingerbread probably um caroline if you had to pick your top snark of this movie what would it be oh i think maybe my top snark would be that i didn't think their good morning show was very entertaining <laughs> like it was kind of bland and boring <laughs> So how is it number one in America? I don't know. <laughs> well, apparently there were a thing. bunch of taped segments. So maybe we just didn't get to see the taped segments that were a lot better. Maybe. <laughs> and I really didn't like Melissa. Like she just seemed like a workaholic and not wanting to have any fun whatsoever. And I'm just like, really? Come on now. Yeah. It was such a like easy thing to be like, she's like, we have to rehearse. We have to rehearse. And he's like, let's just fly by the seat of our pants and see how it goes. And I was like, if Melissa has a problem with her co-host being so like off script, how does she not have a bigger problem with her producer who keeps changing the teleprompter and how the show's going to go and not telling her about it so that it is taped in real time? Like, tell me how she's not flipping out at her. Hey. Right. And how did we get through several years of them working together and becoming the one, number one show on television if they have such a crappy working relationship between the two of them? <laughs> right. right. Uh, well, and, and the whole premise of this movie, you know, she's being told basically the day before they leave on this trip that not only is it not a single episode taping, it is a week-long taping. So, oh, well, if you had family plans or anything for the holidays, and it's all because he's quitting. That's got to make her mad that she's got to give up Christmas with her family because they have to do some big finale show that they have to keep secret because it's his last day on the show. Well, well didn't she not know until like right before they left that's that right. he was quitting? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's all being thrown on her. Like she doesn't do well with this producer last is not a good producer for her. Like if she's a person who needs to know what's going to happen, she clearly cannot trust her producer. It's clear. I also felt like the relationship between Bright and Mary, uh, Melissa and Brian was not convincingly nice. Like it was so like their hate was so evident, like this fakes, like, oh, aren't you the greatest? You little, you know, like it just felt like they were going to tear each other's throats out anytime we watch them pretend to be nice and it was so unconvincing that I was like how does anyone buy that they actually like each other she's like oh you would know that if you had ha, ha, read this the, the production notes last <laughs> night like I did ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, we're so jovial <laughs> Tara yeah. what is your top snark for this movie so my top top snark and I know Caroline you said you enjoyed the ending of this movie but my mine was the last 10 minutes of the movie like in theory it was pleasant right we have the romance we have the moment when they get together but this guy breaks up with his girlfriend who is talking about getting engaged and then immediately turns around and is wanting to be with melissa mm -hmm. 
So way to give that girl a complex about this woman <laughs> that he's been on a TV show with all this time that, that um, he's been secretly in love with her or something. Um, but then the really creepy filming of them without their consent on national television as they're having a moment, you know, they're already celebrities. So people know who they are and it's a huge invasion of privacy to just have cameras following them really poorly hidden in the bushes <laughs> with like the blinking red lights and, and watching them like share intimate feelings with each other. And like, who wants to have their first sort of declaration of love and kiss taped and put on national TV? Like nobody does. Well, and again, the producer's winging it here. She's like, I have a gut feeling. You have to follow your gut feeling, which is to just do whatever feels right because it's usually successful, which feels like, you know, there's no risk, no reward, but also feels like no risk, no giant disaster on TV, like should be a possibility. And so not only did the audience not know that Bright and Mary was going to end, which is revealed, that they also didn't get along. And so she's just made, she's just aired this dirty laundry that's existed for the last year of this show to everyone that watches. And I, as a, as an audience member, I'd be like having some whiplash, you know, we as the Hallmark viewer knew because we've been watching them hate on each other this whole movie. But if I was a fan of Bright and Mary or Mary and Bright, I would just be like, what happened here? I didn't know they hated each other. And that this was the last show and now it's not. And it was a gamble. Like <laughs> that really could have gone poorly. So, I mean, of course, for us, the the viewers of the movie that's been scripted for us, we know that it's going to go well. But if that had been real life, you would really be pushing it to just cut all of that taped material and throw that on TV instead. Yes. And, and there's so many other times in the movie where they're like, we need to consult the network before we can do something. <laughs> And then all of a sudden she just does whatever she wants at the end. Because apparently this is such a big deal that everyone cares. Right. (laughs) But also going back to the breaking up with a girlfriend and getting right with her. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a Hallmark theme. Honestly, they do that a lot in movies where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm in a relationship, but I'm going to break up with you and immediately start dating this person because that's what happens in real life every time. And we call those people serial monogamists and we don't necessarily think it's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> well, at least they stopped doing that thing where they actually get engaged at the end. Cause like that was so far fetched. At least it's like, I declare my undying love to you. I can howl it a little bit better. So I, I think for me, my biggest snark which made this movie really hard for me was I did not understand how he had a change of heart about Christmas. There was no plot point that led me to believe he should start caring about Christmas. And the only thing I could pinpoint was when they do the three-legged wreath race, which also was supposed to be two miles long. So let's we just had pause. to rewind. We had to <laughs> rewind to confirm that. What? A two-mile three-legged race. Who right. does that? Uh, crazy people in mistletoe, apparently. I just feel like, why did it need to be that long of a race? I'm so glad we didn't have to watch the whole race and that they fell pretty much right out of the gate onto each other. And so yeah. my theory is when he fell, 
he hit his head hard and he actually had a traumatic brain injury that made him a person who likes Christmas because that is honestly the only plot point that fits in as to why he might like Christmas all of a sudden. Also, when they felt they were in a very provocative like form in the snow <laughs> and they was... stayed there they stayed in that position for two people that hate each other if your enemy landed on top of you in a forced two mile three-legged wreath race would you be like now let's have a deep conversation whilst i'm right? like on top of you no you'd be like ah, get off me <laughs> she's practically laying on top of him so maybe that that's is... why she didn't want to get off oh. she's like oh <laughs> maybe he has more to offer than i thought Maybe that was the change of art. <laughs> just saying. Maybe they just didn't want to get back up and finish the race. And that's why they're they like, oh, two there. miles. <laughs> oh, my ankle hurts. Oh, traumatic brain injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, my theory in these movies is that there's actually more um, adult times behind the scenes that we're not seeing. So they're actually like sneaking into each other's rooms each night and like kind of doing a friends with benefits thing, but we don't see all of that. And then that's part of what's the catalyst to make everything work. And so it's like, oh, we're just kind of just doing our thing. And then it's like, oh, I'm catching feelings. Cause you know, <laughs> if he's coming from a show like the bachelor, he's probably used to that kind of life. So, right. All right, so any other snarks that are on anybody's list that they want to share beyond our biggest ones? Oh, I have one. I didn't think that him being on a dating show was very convincing. He just didn't look right? like the type that would be on a dating show. And also, his girlfriend and him did not match. No. They made a very odd couple. And I was like, y'all could have picked a better actress to be his girlfriend and make it more believable they just they didn't have chemistry I didn't feel like I, I agree I don't think there's any chemistry between the two of them and so that's part of what makes it easy to root for them to break up but it's also hard to imagine that they were ever together in the first place and then it makes you wonder does he just get with people it kind of diminishes his relationship with Melissa because he's just dating people that are convenient for him yeah mm -hmm. he definitely feels like a man who dates for convenience i feel like there was a missed opportunity here and i think it would have maybe helped with making his uh pretend bachelor show more realistic which is why not have just like a little clip from when he was on there getting dumped like if that could have somehow been shown i think one we would have had more sympathy for him two we could actually imagine it and three it's just like a hilarious nod that the, it was just a missed opportunity because people would have ate that part up they yeah. should have had him be dumped at christmas oh, <gasps> that's yeah. why he hates it <laughs> and then when he finds true love again then he's able to love christmas again otherwise like austin said when we were watching this it just feels like midlife crisis like yes. oh he's just having a, a complete shift because he's panicking over this girlfriend wanting to be on a show with him and like talking about getting engaged and, and being more um involved with each other than he wants to be so he's just like <gasps> Melissa <laughs> he's just switching teams <laughs> I got one last snark What's the that? producer lady seems like she has complete control over both of these people's lives on set and off set Mm -hmm. like she can tell them to jump any time of day and they will jump so she's like telling them to go to all these like little festivities and stuff when they're not on camera to like get to know the town or get to know each other or something and it's like I, i'm not working right now like leave me alone 
You'd have to go through their agent or something in real life. It wouldn't be as simple as, okay. And it's like, no, I have working hours and um, you can't make me do that. I'm going to go over here and get a massage and and take a nap and um, you can't make me. Yeah. I also found the producer lady had way too much power and so much so that she used her only Christmas wish on this Christmas wishing tree on them right she goes up and she and it wasn't just like my wish is that bright and merry continues forever it was i hope you don't regret your life choices like it was, it was so, so negative. heavy <laughs> like and she told it to their face i mean it was like so heavy and so intense it's like do you not have a, like why not wish for love and happiness in your life no she it definitely seemed like she was playing matchmaker yeah with them well and, and it wasn't even that she said regret your life choices it was like don't make the wrong choice and i wanted to just kind of look at her and say you know lady the choice has already been made you're really asking them to change their minds those are two different things like he said he's not going to be on the show anymore he has his last date scheduled in the contract you're sending over other options to her to cover you know this this choice for everybody has been made Mm -hmm. and to think otherwise is I think a little bit naive especially in that world of of television um you're going to set yourself up for disaster who is anchoring that show on December 26th and didn't he already have another job lined up too Mm -hmm. so like what does he do with that job now he's got to go disappoint some other news network and say sorry I'm in love now I've got to got to go back to my old job fear of good luck (laughs) Um, I also had, you know, yet again, in the last 10 minutes of this movie, um, their heartfelt gifts were wonderful and heartfelt and feels and all of that. But if we noticed they were wrapped in the same paper, neither of them seemed surprised that that was the gift. Right. Like there was not like, oh my gosh, you got me the same thing. I got you. It was like, oh, like, oh yeah, the same. But then they, they phrased their wishes the exact same way on the little scrolls like i wish that bright and mary what well, i don't remember exactly what it said but it was like continue same, forever or something continue like, forever it yeah. was word for word the same yeah. thing and yeah. i was like at first i was like did i miss something did the producer put those in there or no she brought that gift for him he brought that gift for her and it was like not a blink that they were just the exact same thing even if i was having a love moment i would still be more like I would have said, look, it's it clearly we're meant to be together, that we both had this same idea that we give each other our wishes and that we wished for the same thing. And it was just like, oh, you also decided to put a little tiny scroll in a box. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I think for me, one of my other big snarks for this movie was one of the worst subplots we have seen all season long because it made no sense. So Christy, who is the waitress at like Mistletoe on Main Street, um, is aspiring to be a chef. And she decides to somehow get confidence by giving Melissa food she makes and Melissa tell her that it's good to then pursue uh her career i don't even know if christy's her right name is is she even i I don't know her name is it lexi Lexi. her name was lexi chrissy i think was was the girlfriend or the oh yeah chrissy's the girlfriend (laughs) sorry okay so lexi who's the waitress is like has this weird plot of becoming a chef i did not understand how 
Melissa eating her food was going to progress her career in any way. And then at the end, it's all wrapped up. And she's like, I talked to the restaurant and they're picking up four of the, the menu options. And I was like, but are you still a waitress or are you now in the kitchen? Because that seems like that should be the goal. Yeah, that plot, you could have taken it completely out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed yeah, it's anything for the movie. A throwaway for sure. I have a question and, and Caroline and, and Tara help me understand this because I don't, I don't get women's fashion. <laughs> Where are all the buttons on women's coats? It's just like giant wings, like lapel wings and a sash. What? I don't know. Caroline, do you know anything about this? Have you noticed <laughs> this? coat are you talking about? All of all the, the women's coats. coats. <laughs> this season. They're all that like robe wrap style coat. And they're all almost like the same coat. And they're in beautiful colors. Mm-hmm. And someone looked it up at some point and they're like hundred or $495 coats yeah. or something. Um, but they don't have buttons. They just have like a, a tie to tie them like a, like a belted <gasps> tie. Oh, and it's like, I know that's a style of coat, but every woman is wearing them this season. And I didn't know if you know more than me about those fashion choices or if they got sponsored by the $495 coat company. (laughs) I don't know about that. I know about like belted cardigans, but I'm not sure I like a jacket that zips or has buttons. I just learned recently about a a shacket. I'm sorry. Jacket? What's a jacket? It's a shirt jacket. What? How? Okay. What? Sweet Father Christmas, someone explained this to me. So it looks like a long, almost flannel type shirt. It's just like tunic length or maybe a little bit longer, like knee length. Uh-huh. And it looks very weird, but they're called shackets. I literally just learned about that this week. And I was like, where oh have goodness. I been? I have not known about this. But- Shacket sounds like I should tell you to put a nickel in the swear jar. Like <laughs> <laughs> just jacket. Shacket. <laughs> a shirt jacket. Shacket. Well, I don't think these jackets are shackets, but they are they are buttonless jackets. Um, and and so maybe if anybody that's listening knows, please please let us know if let us know what a jacket is. Jackets are. It's like get these girls a button, any button. Please keep them warm. Or a yeah. zipper, a good zipper. a fastener of a any snap. kind will work. Velcro. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And my only theory is that maybe they have these coats so they fit on any actress because you can you can tie it in such a way that um, whether you're a size two or a size four, it'll fit you either way. <laughs> well, maybe too, it's more flattering if you tie it, then a jacket mm-hmm. looks really big and puffy, you know, mm-hmm. on and can add bulk. If you tie it, there shows your waistline and you have a more feminine figure. That's a good point. And you know what? I want to back up for a second. I asked for Tara and Caroline. I want to be inclusive. Seth, if you know why the women's coats don't have buttons, please feel free to contribute that answer. I want to make sure I'm going to open that question to everyone. The question is, why do they have buttons or why do they not have buttons? Why do they not have buttons? Men's coats get buttons, but women's coats just get ties. I, I do not feel qualified to speak on this. <laughs> All topic. right. I just, I just want to make sure Didn't you want to feel leave included. Yeah. <laughs> I just right. love the word shacket. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, I feel that's like my favorite thing of, from today. Um, 
I feel like we're running out of portmanteaus. So we, we had jorts, we had skorts, we've got shackets, and eventually we will come up with all combinations. Shocks. <laughs> Shirt socks. <laughs> well, you know, there's already been the like shoe sock. The Balenciaga that was like a sock that was like a shoe. The sock tennis shoe, you know? I think we should all just transition to a world where we just wear footed onesies everywhere and that's that's it but it's all just one piece of clothing i think we found a new podcast topic which is yeah. what is that fashion trend <laughs> i'll be the product tester i'm, I'm in <laughs> well all any right. final snarks before we go into our next segments the taylor guy that was the one of your producer showed up he just showed up and he like didn't say anything he just stood really creepily in the background watching everything. And then at the end of the show, he finally says like two sentences. Well, Hallmark I, has a history of taking people who just happen to be standing around and employing them without paying them in right. these films, <laughs> essentially making them do work for, for no money. This is not the first month. <laughs> I was I was very concerned about Tyler because I was like oh Tyler you want to produce oh you're doing it for free congratulations (laughs) Um, I also felt bad for him because we have seen him before he was in the 12 dates of Christmas and he was a boss of an app developing company then so clearly it has crumbled to the ground (laughs) he's now producing for free in mistletoe Oh, I loved that movie. <laughs> I'm also pretty sure that mistletoe is evergreen. I think they're the same set. And I'm pretty sure that that house, there is a blue house they kept showing in the background. I'm pretty sure that's also a house in Alaska for the Jingle Bell Bride. So um, we saw a lot of recurring sets. Mm-hmm. And the set in this one for the Marion Bright show when they were in the barn, I'm pretty sure it was the same barn from Cranberry Christmas. So um and the candy canes were there and a lot of old friends that all these movies take place in the same universe yes yes the hallmark multiverse yes (laughs) caroline may sense because they're all they all look the same so could we end up having like an avengers endgame like where they they all come together in like an Mm -hmm. epic finale yes i hope so I mean, that's why I watch is in the hopes that we're going to build to that because because so Netflix has smartly done this with Vanessa Hutchinson, right? Because she was in The Princess Switch, then she was in The Night Before Christmas, and now The Princess Switch 2. And all of those movies have referred to each other in some way. Like in The Princess Switch 2, Crown for Christmas people were there at the end. And um, in A Night Before Christmas, they refer to Belgravia, which is where the princess switch takes place. And so we think that there'll be another movie where all of those universes combine. And I don't understand why they don't just set all of these movies in basically the same town, but then focus on different love stories. And I guess that's too boring because you got to have different types of locations or at least have more of them and just like lean into the fact that you're using the same set. And so, you know, a lot of love stories can happen in the same 
town so just like lean into that that'd be a great idea for just like one season be dedicated to like small town christmas story a story b story c and if they don't do that then my recommendation is name each of the male characters the same and each of the female characters the same so that we can remember who they are and then all you have to say is you remember nick in the one that had the tree lighting and then you also have to maybe expand a little bit because they all have a tree lighting but it would make it so much easier to follow along yeah, well, no, and I, if you, okay. <laughs> I love that suggestion, Tara. Like, you can just, and then the other couple can be in the background of the mm-hmm. other movies. So you just see everyone, but you're focusing on just different couples throughout right. the whole Right. Christmas Christy season. got broken up with three days before Christmas, and now she's jaded on love. But guess what? She can fall in love with Santa Claus's son and still find Christmas <laughs> by Christmas Eve. <laughs> Like there's still time for her. We can, we don't have to feel bad for Christy because we know she's going to get her own movie and we will get to experience love with her again. I love that. I mean, at this point, that's the greatest idea ever. At this point, why not just turn it into a soap opera? Yeah. You can just continue in perpetuity. Forever. What we're doing. I thought that's what Hallmark's like whole movie scheme was, was just the same story. Love Island forever. Ooh, could be like Love Island. Oh, we haven't watched that. Hallmark. (laughs) A little racier than Hallmark probably likes to do, but. All right. So let's move into our segments here at the end, the title review. So our movie is called Good Morning Christmas, but would we change this title or do we like it like it is? So Seth, can we start with you? Would you change this title? Well, first of all, if we're keeping it, it needs a comma. Good morning, comma, Christmas. Um, <laughs> but I would prefer to change it to Merry and Bright. Which ah. formerly was which, actually the what they originally is. called it. So when they put pushed out the schedule a few months ago, this was originally called Merry and Bright. And so then they changed it to Good Morning Christmas. Well, was and it I called think... Merry and Bright or Bright and Merry Christmas or something? It was some. It had the Bright and Merry in it. And I think it's because last year we had a movie that was called Bright and Merry something. Like it was too close to a last year title. So I think that's why they changed it. But well, I agree. Isn't, isn't this one of the things from your bingo that you were talking about? Bad movie Christmas bingo. Where yes. The, the name on the the TV guide is different from the name. Yep. <laughs> on this, imdb do you definitely pick you up that square <laughs> yeah no i have to agree by the end of the movie i was like what was the name of it was it mary and bright and then seth looked it up and said no it was good morning christmas i said that does not fit it whatsoever <laughs> that does not it should be mary and bright because i feel like that gives you a little bit of like a tie-in to the movie good mm-hmm. morning christmas I feel like has nothing to do with it. And it, it would make more sense if the, the name of the in-movie TV show was like, Good Morning New York or Good Morning San Francisco right. or something like that. Yeah. And and we talked about, like, when we do the title review, sometimes you can say, hey, this needs this movie title that this other movie got because mm-hmm. it deserves it more. And then on the flip side, you can say this movie doesn't deserve this movie title. We need to put it back out into the universe so it can be done <laughs> better or be given to a different movie. So I agree. The Mary and Bright movie last year was pretty terrible. It was about a candy cane factory heiress. <laughs> um, so this one can be Mary and Bright Christmas because it makes much more sense for this title to be the title for that movie because it was the name of the show. Those were their names. I don't know what other name you would give this movie. So yes, I agree. Mary and yeah. Bright. 
full consensus here. This should have been called Marion Bright. Let's let's reclaim it from last year and put it back on this one. We're taking it away. <laughs> so the next question, and Caroline, I'm going to have you start. Do you think that this love will last? Okay, part of me thinks that it will, but part of me thinks that it will fizzle. Part the part that says that will is like they both seem to be a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And they work together. They might not be wanting to go out and find love again, especially the Melissa. She seems like she's going to be content now and not want to have to go out and try and find love again. Like that was enough work the first go around. Let's just keep with this one. But then the other part of me is like, well, they are going to be dating and working together. They're going to get tired of one another at some point. And so it'll all fizzle out. So I could see it lasting and i could see it ending seth how about you i'm gonna say definitely not not gonna last (laughs) so i get the impression from his character that he's a football player so i'm picking up like a a player vibe like you know going from girl to girl (laughs) and then you go on the bachelor and i feel like nobody seriously goes on the bachelor if they're trying to find love like they're just going for the hookups let's be real and then he's got this girlfriend that he drops midway through the movie so he's obviously not real serious there so like what indication do we have that this guy is gonna settle down Mm, like mm -hmm. they 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 hated each other they got shackled up for a week all of a sudden they're in love no this is gonna fizzle out the second they get back home he's gonna quit his job and leave anyway like this ain't lasting they won't make it to new year's I agree so much with Seth on this one. And not only, I mean, like the the metaphorical and literal player, what what a great pickup on that one. For me, it was when he was having the conversation with Stan, who was also, I think, our makeshift Santa for this movie, uh, as he's working on the horse-drawn carriage in the barn, because he clearly knows how to do that. But anyway, he's like, Stan, how did you know when you found the one? And Stan's like, oh, because she drove me crazy from the second I met her. And then our main guys like yep that's that's right for me too and i was like whoa 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 so you were deciding that this is love because an old guy said if she drives you crazy she's the one i feel like that if he had said she drives me crazy from the moment i met her but we also value and respect each other and we we challenge each other to be better people i would have bought it but that's not what he said he just said she drives me insane And that's what he believes will make this love last. So I agree. I think they will make it through the holidays. And then once they actually have to start doing their show again, it's going to fizzle. And I think he's afraid of commitment. Um, So for me, I also agree with Seth. I think his reasoning is sound. Um, You're raised (laughs) well. Um, I can tell that you have a good, a good, a good sense on love. Um, But my other answer for that is, of course, he's going to change his mind once his traumatic brain injury sort of (laughs) heals itself and he goes back to being the person that he was. (laughs) So, you know, he's, he's a a sick man. He's ill and he really (laughs) needs the care that he needs in order to um, return to his normal way of life. (laughs) <laughs> or he needs to go buy a Ferrari or something. Oh, man. Oh, thank you for bringing that one back. I'm so <laughs> glad you did. All right. In our, in our final segment, we do our rating system, which is what day of the year 
would you watch this movie? And typically like primetime spots fall Thanksgiving week, like the, that like Friday after Thanksgiving or in that like couple days leading up to Christmas, Christmas Eve. So those are the good days. Where does this one fall for you? I would say I'd watch this before Thanksgiving. I would not (laughs) even have this in the Thanksgiving December realm. Like to me, it wasn't like a very Christmassy movie. Like the whole leading up, I'm like, oh, if you're like trying to get into Christmas spirit, like before Thanksgiving, I'd watch it like on a weekday. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch it um, on December 5th at 10 in the morning while folding laundry. Uh, That that pretty much is what I would say. It's something I can put on in the background while I'm working from home and just, I got all the information I need from just listening to it. Mm -hmm. Like I like the premise. I like the, the general idea of it, but I don't need to watch it too closely. Yeah. I definitely think that this falls because especially if you're talking about like in the Hallmark lineup, I think early December where, you know, you've already kind of done the work to get into the Christmas spirit and now it's just kind of filler stuff, but not prime time that early December point. And especially like, while I'm doing something that's like housework related, it's a fine movie to have on because you can really hear what's going on. There's nothing visually interesting that compels me to watch. So So how many snarks and how many sparks? Out of five. I give it, oh, two snarks out of five. Three snarks out of five and two sparks out of five. I give it one spark, five (laughs) snarks. (laughs) i'm gonna go with one spark and four snarks and i'm gonna go i think this is a one and a half snark for me it's not quite a two um or did i say sparks one and a half sparks that's what i meant to say and then three three snarks because it even like i didn't really get the good snarks until the end there wasn't a lot of snarking at the beginning, which it's like, if there's not a great movie, at least if it's snarkable, I, I love watching snarky movies. There's a place in my heart for that for Christmas. And it just took a while to get to the snarkiness. Well, um, thank you so much to Seth and Caroline for joining us to discuss yes, this movie. Thank you. Thank you to my darling baby brother for um, letting me make you watch this movie uh, <laughs> and for participating like a good sport. And Caroline, we're so glad that you are in this with us um, and yes. enjoy snarking on them as much as we do. So thanks for having us. Glad to be here. It's the perfect Thanksgiving episode where we bring in family because that's what Thanksgiving is for us. It's about connecting with family over cheesy movies and other things. So thank you all for being here for our Thanksgiving week uh, Uh crazy gauntlet of movie watching. So in that case, I've been Tara. I've been Austin. I've been Seth. And I've been Caroline. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Happy holidays.